This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of a law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Joel. Welcome back, Joel. Thanks for being here, man. Oh. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you, and thank you for all the nice words in the chat, too. Everyone happy to see me back again. Yes, welcome, Joel, back, everybody. Won't be long before Joel's gone again. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you don't know. You don't know what could happen tomorrow. That's true. Yeah, Joel could uh, could get a contract. He could be the new face of uh, of. He could be Marvel's new Watcher and just <laughs> have to soullessly read a teleprompter about how great Inhumans are. <laughs> yeah, I don't even hate Inhumans, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, as it turns out, if you read the new X Men Prime number one. Mutants are just the same thing as in humans, according to Kitty Pride, um, or somebody, I don't remember, one of the main characters, maybe it was Storm, but somebody's monologue was like, as it turns out, there's virtually no difference between mutants and inhumans. I was like, well, virtually, you're wrong as shit. Let me ask you this, what was stupider, Kitty Pride saying that... Or during the Bendis era of X Men, I don't even think he wrote it. It was Havoc who said it. Oh, when I think he was when he was the leader of the Uncanny, or no, it was it was the Uncanny Avengers, right? When he was still on that team, and he's like, well, you know, uh, humans and mutants were basically, you know, the same. You know, I'm just a person. You know, just call me Alex. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but that also completely flies in the face of all the suffering your people have had. And even Bendis kind of tagged. Oh, he does. Yeah, it was Remember who wrote that in a previous issue where Kitty takes him to task for saying stupid yes. shit. Yeah, that was definitely an Uncanny Avengers when everyone was stupid. Uh, and I think Rick Remender? Yeah. Damn. It was. How weak. Um, but today we're going to be talking about, uh, apropos X-Men, we're talking about our favorite teams and comics. Mm-hmm, uh, so this mm-hmm. isn't, by the way, a list of like, you know, what you think, what you should think are the best teams. It's just our favorite teams. Yeah. And uh, in our estimation, the best teams in comics so i'll call it that why not but and uh, i'm sure i'll have some underrated ones in there too because if you haven't figured this out about me yet kate jewel loves him some dark horse teams he loves him some underrated and underappreciated characters it's true um it's funny that we talk about this because immediately i was like all right well uh i was looking up teams that i had to put up on for the cover and i was thinking about justice league and the avengers and how they're the interchangeably biggest teams in comics and yet uh, those teams, when I was growing up, or at least when I was reading comics, were the worst teams. Uh, they the had ju- their good years and bad years, don't they? They really did, and you know, it's funny, like, they, everybody knows, everybody, when I was reading comics, everybody knew those teams could have been better. But for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they were all working on some kind of agenda of, like, let's just make it as shitty as possible <laughs> and just torch the brand. Because for me, there was nothing more toxic than an Avenger. Like, because yeah. literally the Avengers, for me, and I've talked about this on many occasions, the Avengers were the unsellables. No one's going to buy a Hawkeye book. No one's going to buy a Scarlet Witch book. Nobody's going to buy a Wonder Man book. Nobody's going to buy a Captain America book, despite the fact that they have to keep publishing Captain America books, even back then. The fact is... Number one, all those people have had books since then. Some of them oh, too yeah. much acclaim. Um, oh, yes. But all of them were canceled um, at some point or another, except for Cap. Uh, but those teams were just, like, choked with who gives a shit. Black Knight, <laughs> Cersei, Moon Dragon was an Avenger. And we were all just like, what? Like, I remember when uh, at the end of Maximum Carnage, when uh, they finally defeated Carnage, and then the Avengers came to clean up, and it was like, all white vision, Eric Masterson Thor. Um, I want to say that, like, Cersei was one of them as well, and, and Eternal. You know, you want to talk about, like, obscure, like, something else other than mutants? I'm surprised. That's obscure team. I am shocked that Marvel hasn't been cramming the Eternals, and I think it's because, I don't know if you, did you read the Neil Gaiman, John Romita Jr. Eternals miniseries? No, no, I didn't. How was it? Not great, Joel. Wasn't Not it? great. It was uh, it was interesting that they were trying it, but it was it was right on the heels of civil. It was right after Civil War, 
And uh, they tried to kind of like fold it into the, the Marvel Pantheon. They're like, okay, Eternals, that's an idea. And it had gorgeous covers. And it had, mm-hmm. John Romita Jr. was trying, was he was swinging for the fences for this one. Like it was World War Hulk level art, which take it nice. or leave it. It's depending on your interpretation of Romita Jr.'s ability. But uh, just a really boring book. <laughs> About the, the last time I remembered the Eternals was uh, hilariously enough in one of those dark horse uh, underrated runs of a team that I loved. It was James Robinson's Invaders. Oh, the Invaders! Yeah, I mean, the Invaders have a long, rich history of they having do. existed. <laughs> they sure do. They went into space and they fought the Eternals. And the stinger at the end of that story was, oh, hey, Galactus is still around and still alive. And we wouldn't see Galactus again until Ultimates when he became the giver of life instead of the taker of life, the eater of worlds. Um, And the Invaders, of course, started out being Captain America's first team outside of Team America. uh, With, uh, what was it, Namor and uh, Red, Mm -hmm. or Human Torch and... Cap Lady Liberty. Liberty, or no, is or is that DC? I don't know. I think know. DC. <laughs> but uh, too, too many patriotic themed heroes. It's true, but the Invaders were cool. I always thought it was funny that a team of allied superheroes was called the Invaders. Yeah, I know, right? Seems a little aggressive. Seems, seems a little, a little aggressive. aggro. I mean, it seems a little like showing your hand. You know, like we're coming in to save you and take over. Uh, yeah. I don't think they but, did. But, you know. Hey, you know that was passable in World War Two. We got to reinvade all these places the Nazis took over. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You got to reinvade it. I guess that was the concept. Where, uh, although I think it would be more like recapture. I, I although recapture is kind of loses its luster. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of like the rescuers. It's like, what is that? That's nothing. Yeah, but uh, but what were some of your favorite teams growing up that were you know like maybe not necessarily. The one that was on everyone's, like, backpack or trapper keeper during the day. Well, I mean, you know, long before they blew up the world with having a cartoon that everyone loved, an anime-inspired cartoon, no less. I liked the Teen Titans as a teen. Shocker, I know, right? They're supposed to be. They're supposed to appeal to younger people. Faust is a massive Teen Titans fan, the original Teen Titans. I didn't like the Teen Titans as a kid, although I was fascinated by them. I always liked their costumes. You know, I really, I really liked George Perez's art, oh, but yeah. I was well, like, how couldn't you? but I, I couldn't get into them because I, I don't think I really understood them as a kid. I was like, I don't really get what Raven's all about, and I don't, mm-hmm. and of course she was mystically based, so that was a turnoff for me. I wasn't a big magic guy back in the day, right? But, uh, but no, 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 for me. But I get the Teen Titans, and of course, if you like the Teen Titans, then my guess is you were also a sucker for Young Justice. Yes, oh, most definitely. I like that. I liked the cartoon that they did later. I thought they captured a lot of the stuff going on. What I liked about Titans, and it's something that's still very true about me today, I like that they did the socially relevant stories, and I like that they weren't afraid to pull from the headlines every so often. I remember, and oh, God, it kills me that I can't remember what this was. It was damn near a PSA comic, but it marked an interesting time in culture and zeitgeist and the stuff that you're supposed to tell kids where it used to be in like golden age stories involving kids whenever there was runaways it's like hey kids always go home you know any problem (laughs) can be solved just be sure to always go home that's what batman and superman says but the teen titans are like no if you're having serious problems at home don't go back there right go to an adult you can you can trust that isn't trying to hurt you yeah, I, I liked that change where it's like, I think it was like, it was literally like Robin and Beast Boy being like, nah, it's cool, keep going. <laughs> I like Which it's like, man, th- these kids have had some abusive homes themselves, haven't they, considering how uh, dickbaggy most of their fathers are. This is fair, yeah, Trudette. Um, for me, the most, the biggest team growing up was the X-Men. Mm. Like, you could not escape it. It was unavoidable. I read X-Men during that time, and it was really not from a perspective of, like, fuck, I love the X-Men, but from a, well, the, this is the team book. Yeah, and Which the is... millions of iterations of X-Men that existed at that time. Oh, and because it was during a time when the X-Men were having countless spin-offs and tie-ins to those spin-offs, you were exposed to every X-Man. It wasn't just like, oh, I dig the X-Men, you know, like Cyclops and Wolverine. No, you were like, okay, no, I dig the X-Men. And I guess that means all of them, which, like, up to and includes people like... Oh, yeah. Wolvesbane and Strong Guy. Like, all right. 
Um, what I appreciate about yeah. the X-Men is because they're such a vast, broad team, you could name one mutant and there's probably someone out there who, for them, skin is their favorite mutant. Right. No, no. People dig skin. Not maybe the movie version. If you haven't seen Generation mm. X, the Fox dead movie, you should check it out. But only with our commentary because it's it's unwatchable otherwise. Um, but yeah, what? okay, so what's your X-Men team? What was your, like, this is, for me, whenever you think of the X-Men... This is the team I go to. I, I mean, I'm going to be horribly cliche here. I Excuse me for being a basic bitch comic nerd here. But the one from the cartoon. Yeah. Gambit, Jubilee, Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Professor X, I guess. Like, but yeah, It's shocking as a comic fan now to be like, wow, all those mutants I grew up loving and made me want to read X-Men comics. It's amazing how few of them are relevant anymore. Oh, not only irrelevant, but maybe not even on the table. Cyclops is dead, Wolverine's old, and I guess dead also. Gambit is, you know, what living in uh, Beast's garage. Beast <laughs> is like a monster, and I don't mean like he looks like a furry monster. I mean he, like, ruins the space-time continuum to prove a point. Like, he's a colossal dick. It's unbelievable. On a whim, yeah. It's funny, too. The last time I really liked Bro. Gambit... Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, Rogue's Rogue got is ruined. <laughs> yeah. The last time I really liked Gambit was in, uh, ironically, another Dark Horse underrated team. The all-new uh, X... Oh, God, it wasn't X-Force. It was X... Oh, God, Servile... No, no, no. Peter David wrote it for a bit. Oh, God, what was it? I loved it so much. They were a the corporate... Uh, no, no, no. They were a corporate team of X-Men. It was an old name they hadn't used in a bit. X... X-Factor oh is what you're thinking. X-Factor, yes, thank you. Yeah. It was the all-new X-Factor, and it was them as a corporate team, and it was basically the guy who ran Servile went around uh, hooking up uh, Gambit and Polaris and Quicksilver and, like, mutants who hadn't done shit in forever, and they're like, hey, you, want a job? And they're like, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Desperately. We, we want it. We want to eat. And that book sadly got canceled too soon into it. But basically Peter David was working up to a thing that the guy who ran Servile was actually from the Maestro's future and that he escaped the Maestro and came to present oh day. Oh my and god, the Maestro! Peter yes. David, let it go! Never, never ever, ever. Never. I, man, the Maestro. Um, I'll tear the Maestro from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> That's true. Uh, let me think. Of other teams, I mean like... So the Justice League was was completely forgettable and avoidable back when I was growing up. Like, my favorite teams, it was, you know, it was really... I never really had a favorite team. I was more of a loner kind of guy. You know, yeah. I, I liked Spider-Man. I liked Punisher. I liked Daredevil. I liked uh, A good Batman. team book is hard to write. Yeah. Everybody associates, like, like one team that everybody can't forget or ignore is uh, the Bat Family, right? Yes. Like, that's a team. For me, I, I feel like that team is in direct contrast to who Batman is. So every time they're like, yeah, the Bat Family! And I'm like, yeah, there are too many of them. <laughs> well, that's why every two years, Batman has to do the same cycle of, like, I promise I'll never lie to you guys again. Oh, no, I lied to you. You all hate me now. We gotta spend, like, two to three years coming back together. I promise I'll never lie to you again. Oh, no, I lied to you again. Yeah, yeah. I... Because, you know, number one, comics are cyclical. The yep. more things change, the more they stay the same when it comes to comics. But, uh, but also, people have their favorite runs or versions of the character. I know that if somebody was like, you gotta write Batman, I'd be like, great, let's kill everybody! <laughs> and they'll they're be like, you can't kill everybody. Well, then we'll make him a huge dick and make them leave him alone. I, uh, I remember I picked up, I was just, like, leafing through it, uh, the beginning of, like, uh, Under the Red Hood, and Batman's doing his, like, soliloquy argument there, of, like, oh, I made all the sidekicks leave the city. Uh... What is it? I lost another Robin. You know, she died and everything because this was after Black Mask and War Games and everything. I have to be on my own now. And I was reading because just at the same time in comics, like, Damien had just died and Batman was going through literally the same thing. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, the more things change, the more they stay the same, eh? That's right. <laughs> so I never considered Batman. Although, Batman did lead a team. And while I wasn't a huge reader of the team... It always captured my imagination, and it was Batman and the Outsiders. I loved the Outsiders later when it was Winnick and it was more connected to Green Arrow, but yes, I, I have a soft spot for the Outsiders, yeah, actually. Yeah, I liked the idea of the Outsiders, and I liked the idea of Batman kind of, like, running slash coordinating this team, but never really being on it. Like, I just loved... Yeah. My, my visual memory of the Outsiders is literally just an image of 
It's called Batman and the Outsiders. It's always Batman over here, and then a whole bunch of other people over here, and Batman, like, yelling at them, or yelling to do something about something. I'm always like, yeah, the, like, the, the disgruntled, frustrated father, who's like, I can't have a Bat family. I can't even manage these people over here. I, I, I really sucked it up when it was Justice League International, and I was trying to, like, run a place in Detroit with, Mar- with the Martian and the, oh, yes. and the bowl cut. It was just a nightmare. Which, I mean, Batman's kind of doing that right now with the Justice League of America, yes. but at least, hey, I'm on this team. Oh, no, Justice League of America is literally just like, well, we didn't want to call it Justice League International, so we're just going to do that. But, hey, at least, you know, they could do a little better than, like, Geoforce or Katana and Metamorpho. Yes, yes. I mean, for my money, like, my team that I, like, deliberately sought out, it wasn't just like, I want to be part of the comic book world, I have to read X-Men, it was Ninja Turtles. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay, so we're able to blow up the teams now to bigger ones. Oh, like yeah. This. No, it's got to be Ninja Turtles. That was... That's that's a good team, man. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, I got into it as a kid being like, I like Ninja Turtles. I think they're cool and stuff. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, and they're a family, and they trust each other, and they all have divergent personalities that shouldn't make them all work together, but they do anyway. They're They're the four humors. They are the four people you will meet in life, the four main personality types. Yeah, if you... Put them all together, you have one person. Like, yeah. <laughs> an angry leader who loves... who An angry, nerdy leader who loves pizza. Yeah, pretty much, all together. I, I've always dug that aspect about the Ninja Turtles, even though I haven't been... Like, I've always kind of been like an outsider looking in and everything, because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't grow up with it, because, again, I'm a little younger than you. My team that kind of did that for me was, of course, Power Rangers, which right. is big again because of the Kyle Higgins comic and that new movie... And everything. So, I mean, hey, if I can say comic teams, uh, Kyle Higgins' new Power Rangers team, too, is really well put together. No, you cannot deny the Power Rangers are a power team that that that, uh, appeals to a huge margin of people. Oh, yes. Um, Having watched uh, the half in the bag of Power Rangers. I feel like I've seen it. So I, I, th- I was amazed that they were as positive to it. But then again, I was amazed I was as positive to it as I was. Especially given the fact that, as it turns out, they're like not even Power Rangers until like the last 20 minutes. Nope, but ironically... That, like, 15 to 20 minute runtime. hey, that's as long as an average episode of Power Rangers. Yeah. Oh my god, you stuck an episode in here at the end of this Chronicle-esque movie. That's really funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, I get the idea that, like, the Power Rangers are popular. And they are a great comic book team because the comic has, I think, found its own audience separate from the show. Yep. So it Sure has. And Kyle Higgins, being a fan, has been able to build on stuff that the show never built on, never wanted to build on. And I don't know if you've been reading it right now, I doubt you have, but he's doing, like, Injustice in Days of Future Past, but with Power Rangers. Okay, I mean, that's that's a great hook, and I think it should, yeah, it you is. know, I'm, I'm sure I could see the appeal, I would read that. What in a dark future if Tommy remained the Green Ranger and helped uh, Rita take over and enslave the entire world? Yeah, that's awesome, I like that idea. It's really, it's really fun. It's really, really fun. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams that I grew up reading where I was like, this is my team, besides the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, I know that I had, like, exposure to crappy teams. It was just, for me, if you were on a team, you probably sucked. It is a way, you know, good team books are a way to kind of launch characters and give homes to characters who can't hold up a book on their own, that's yeah. for sure. I know that, uh, I remember, like, there was a team that, like, kind of formulated most of the time, and it was just, like, the street-level Marvel superheroes. Like, sometimes Spider-Man would team up with Moon Knight and the Punisher. Yeah. And, like, I always, you know, it's funny, for me, as a, as a Spider-Man fan, my team, the team that, like, is the Beatles of the teams, is the Fantastic uh-huh. Four. Yeah, yeah. First appeared, or rather, Spider-Man's first book had the Fantastic Four in it. He's inexorably tied to that team, to the point where... He wanted to join them. He wanted to join them. I mean, he tried to join the Avengers as well, but, like, they were second. (laughs) They were number two. And you know why he wanted to join the Fantastic Four? Because he knew they had money. Yeah. Uh, And that, uh, that forced me to have to get to know who the Fantastic Four were. As someone who was like everybody, where you look at the Fantastic Four and go, all right, you know, like, I mean, really, no one is like, holy shit, the Fantastic Four, the guy's on fire! That's a rock man! I have to read this book! No. 
occasionally Everybody, a little robot. Yeah. Oh, a shitty robot that is in <laughs> that's in place of the Human Torch. So Look, children kids might light themselves fire. on fire. So. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, but I, I always like I, eventually. I grew up with a respect for the Fantastic Four, despite the fact that I never had a, a very strong interest in them. But I, uh, I feel that. But I had, uh, but I had respect for the team, and it forced me to read a bunch of Fantastic Four stories and get exposed to the to larger world of their interdimensional travel, Doctor Doom, Mole Man, Annihilus, and the family aspect of teaming. And that's kind of the thing oh, yeah. that 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 makes me interested in a team when they're kind of like a cohesive family. Like, X-Men, I don't give a shit if they're fighting, like, the next mutant <laughs> Hitler, but if they're all playing baseball, then I'm in. It's the best, right? Yeah, or if they're building a house together, you know, that's where I'm interested. Um, it's the best. They need to just do, like, really Aaron Sorkin-esque talky X-Men books. Like, they just need one title that's just that's just them dealing with the cerebral, talky, bullshit, boring, human interactive drama that is I'd X-Men. like that a lot. I'll read the shit out of that. You need someone who's really good at dialogue and really good at characterization. Give that to Gail Simone. I bet Gail Simone could write the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. I would give it to... I mean, I saw that apparently Aaron Sorkin's interested in writing for Marvel or DC. Really? All I'd these be, years? Yeah, I'd be like, do this! And then occasionally they can use powers. It would be close to the Joss Whedon run on Astonishing. I, I think he would be perfect. I mean, he can't do it now because Doom is Iron Man. But I'd been sitting on, like, a Doom political procedural of, like, him just running Lotvary and what's the day-to-day -day job being an international dictator and supervillain. I would love to read that. I mean, in Invincible Iron Man, or whatever the hell it's called, uh, Irredeemable Iron Man, when Doom goes to Lotvaria and he, he topples the uh, military regime and he's just like, I know how to make it, like, how to fix it. And then he moves on and leaves and fights the wizard. Yep. I'm like, no, I want to see that. I want to see him. I want to see what how Bendis would run a small Eastern European country using totalitarian magic and science. And for him to be like, no, 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 the country stuff, I do that, that's my day job so I can focus on my passion, which is super villain. Which is destroying Richards. <laughs> That's my thing. Like, look, I gotta make the trains run on time here. I gotta deal. I gotta balance the budget. I gotta deal with civil unrest so I can build my doom box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, we talked a little bit about the teams that we were exposed to when we first got into comics: Power mm -hmm. Rangers, X Men. Um, are there a Teen Titans? Are there any others that you were like that you got in on the ground floor, or do you want to move into teams that you actively sought out when you were more exposed to comics? Mm, okay, that's a really good question. What are some more teams that come to my mind here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's good for, like, the bases, everything. Uh, people in the chat keep saying Autobots. There's a pretty <laughs> good team right there. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to do... Uh... You know, actually, Ghostbusters is a team that I've always wanted to join since I was a small child. That's an excellent one. Voltron, thank you, Manuel. There's another good one. Because the G.I. Joe would be a team that, like, I know they that sure most of my peers were all interested in. Um... I think I think GI Joe trains kids for the workforce really well. You can't you can't be the main guy. Every team needs a snow job. <laughs> You might end up being snow job kids, but you know what? He he's important in some situations. Yeah, I mean Thundercats, the Gargoyles were another great oh, team. Oh yeah, uh, Darkwing Duck's ridiculous little squad of friends. I mean, like you know, car cartoons are a totally different uh, ball game. But so far, except with I think all of them have had action, have had comic book series. So not <laughs> quite. Everyone keeps saying there. Wildcats. Yes, the Wildcats. Oh That's yeah, the Wildcats. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't like any of the teams in Image. Like, I read no. them. I read Youngblood, Wildcats, uh, Stormwatch, The Authority, uh, you know. But I only wanted to... But I, the ones I wanted to read, Spawn, Max, Shadowhawk. Characters that were by themselves and did not want to work well with others. I liked that. They always appealed to me. Spider-Man... For me, well, it was never a team player, despite the fact that he was the titular character, that he was the main character in Marvel Team Up, where they teamed yeah. him up with everybody else. But that said, that's why it was a compelling series, because it was like, take this loner and put him with Namor and see what happens. It's I true. like that. Yeah. Gen 13 was another team that I used to read. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, Sal has been carrying the torch for Gen 13 for a while. For me, Gen 13 was my Teen Titans. <laughs> 
Like that was yeah. the team for me where I was like, these are teenagers. These are people. These are my people. They speak my language. They, they listen to the butthole surfers. I am totally all about that. You know, like it was, and of course it had the, the appropriate amount of cheesecakes so that I could look at boobs and asses all day. Like as a, as a prepubescent child, that was probably very much a big factor in the whole thing. I, I love to, you mentioned the butthole surfers there. I'm, I'm sure you heard the story that Jimmy Carter's daughter was like a huge fan of the butthole surfers and she like actually me. got invited backstage at one of their concerts. But Carter, which was very uncharacteristic for him, sent his secret service goons. It's like, you get her out of there. Ah, that's amazing. That's, yeah, I guess because he didn't want her to like lose her virtue to the butthole surfers. Yeah, I just imagine just nice peanut farmer Jimmy Carter. You get her out of there right yeah. now, secret service. Yeah. God, he's a very lovely man. <laughs> he sure sure was. He was almost too nice for politics. Yeah. Oh, he was. Oh, there's no almost about. <laughs> the dude was not <laughs> built for it, but nice guy. He also was the one who was like, he was one of the only presidents to go out and be like, aliens, are they real? And they're like, nope. And he's like, cool. And then he told them. Like, he's like, nope. I asked. There were no aliens. <laughs> I was bummed too, everybody. Yeah, sorry. Because I think the idea was he thought he saw a UFO once. This is a very weird tangent, but yeah, Jimmy Carter at some point said that he saw a UFO, and then when he became president, he was like, so did I? Did I? And they're like, if you did, it was probably like a spy plane. Damn. <laughs> but know, what about magic? Oh, well, magic is real, Mr. President, but we can't tell anyone about that yeah. yet. Oh, magic's real, yeah. I mean, here's your wand. <laughs> <laughs> also, the power of love is real, but we can't tell people about that either. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, I know a lot of people mentioned, like, you know, the JSA and, uh, you know, some older really team, Legion team. of Superheroes. These are teams that never appealed to me. And even as a, as a, as a comic book person, uh, I still don't like those teams that don't want to play I really like the JSA, but I like them from afar, being like, ah, yes, a connection to the Golden Age where these heroes are alive and well and get to be elder statesmen of the DC comic universe. That's good. You you keep doing you, JSA. <laughs> See, for me, I'm like, I don't. You know, who needs that? Who who wants that? Like, Superman's the, the elder statesman. You don't need like Jay Garrick to do anything. But I was running around in the forties, though. I had this hat on my head, right? With, like wings and stuff. True, you did totally... have that. That was a thing. Good on you, man. But uh, you know, <laughs> don't forget me. <laughs> what about? Uh, so yeah, what are some teams that you actively actively looked for? You were like, this is a team. So again, as I, I know, think Secret as Six the... is one of them. Oh, just, you took the words right out of my mouth, Sal. That's what was coming up. Dude, we've been doing this show for too long now. You can finish my goddamn Here it comes. Sentences. I'm like, Secret Six is coming up. See, again, love my D-list villains. Love my love me some Gail Simone. It was the perfect storm for me. I love that they were all kind of these just like broken, shitty people, many of whom peaked way too early in their supervillain careers. Yes. And this was them just, like, trying to get a piece of that pie. Mm -hmm. And the heroes didn't like them because they were villains, and the villains didn't like them because they were trying to be more heroic and trying to, you know, better themselves. It was this perfect, like, they were in a no-win situation no matter what they did. I remember um, that reminds me of when I was reading a book that came out, like, at a weird time, and I don't know who it was for, and it reminds me of this, and it was The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man, which Nick Spencer brilliantly took up and did, like, kind of right, or... Wasn't it Superior Foes? It used to be... No, I think it was... No, originally, originally. The OG oh, team originally. was The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man. Right, and then he brought okay. them back and made them into The Superior Foes of Spider-Man. But like One of the best comedy books yeah, of the last Yeah, but similar no, concept where... We go home with these people and we see how dysfunctional and broken they are and how they don't want to do this and how, uh, you know, that's actually it's through Deadly Foes of Spider-Man that Rhino goes from having like a really dumb outfit where he's got like purple shoulder pads mm. to just looking like a dude in a rhino suit again. It was, uh, <laughs> but the idea of, of exploring the supervillains from a sympathetic perspective was one that, uh, because I, I bought it because it says Spider-Man on it, and then I was like, I am not prepared for this kind of thought exercise where I have well, to. Like, I love that idea. Yeah, and that and it great. It was shattered my whole expectation about like supervillains and who they were, and it allowed me to like kind of build into the concept of like supervillains or heroes in their own story, like you know. Yeah. And that's really cool. Uh, and man, Nick Spencer took it in another direction and made it really cool. Made in a wonderful schlub comedy starring Boomerang, of all people. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Boomerang, who has a wonderfully tragic story of almost making it, where it's like, yeah, I was a baseball pitcher. You know, I did really great. I made a bunch of, like, athlete money and everything. And then I pissed it all away on drugs and partying. And then the Secret Empire found me and said, hey, you want to be a supervillain? He's like, sure. Can't fall much lower than this. That's right. <laughs> That's sad. Very. Uh, I was just thinking about um, supervillain teams, because, like, that's kind of the awesome. most recognizable teams for me. It's true. The like, Sinister Six. The when Sinister you know they're Six. actually doing it good. Yeah, especially for a loner like Spider-Man, for me, I'm like, yeah, the teams that work are the teams of villains. Of course, they're always, they always are destroyed from within because they're all... By their own ego or hoisted by their own petard. Precisely. Um, but you got other teams like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants... Ah, love that. Although I'm glad they shortened it to just the Brotherhood, because it kind of confuses their message when it's like, you know, we demand equal rights as mutants, then why do you have evil in your name? Yeah, they did change their name. I don't remember what they changed it to. It's come, I think it's called, like, the Freedom Force or something like that. Like, they changed it to a much more, like, we'll call them Freedom Fries. Like, they, they changed the name <laughs> to something more PC and political when they were like, no, we're gonna, we're, we're trying to appeal to a different demographic, but, uh... When you say evil mutants, that kind of defeats your whole purpose. It really it? does. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. also like what villain straight up says, I'm evil. Yeah. So yeah, it was the Freedom Force. But yeah, the, Mystique is like, we need a new image. Freedom Force. We um, need to update ourselves for the 90s. We need, you know, <laughs> what is a, a good pithy one-liner to get yeah. us in there. Um, I never really understood the crime syndicate until they were immortalized in... The uh, Injustice Lord, or the Justice Lords in Justice yes. Unlimited, and then of course in Excellent Forever episode. Evil. Um, but then they became interesting. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> I think that's cool. What if you invert your favorite heroes? What yeah. happens? Yeah, and thankfully that came on, like, I was, I, I became interested in that and really delved into it by the time really, really talented and competent writers were working on it. Like, then mm -hmm. I got to read Justice League of America, uh, Earth 2 by Grant Morrison. I'm like, oh, okay, it's weird, but like, I get the idea here, and it works. Let us, uh, let us not forget the secret society of supervillains. That's oh, another course. really good one. Yeah, uh, God, or um, of course, if you're a cartoon viewer in like the 70s or whatever, you like the Legion of Doom. Did uh, did you hear, because obviously the Legion of Doom are the villains now of this newest season of Legends of Tomorrow, did you know how they eventually gave them the name Legions of Do uh, Legion of Doom? You mean back in the day? No, 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 like for this new show, do you know how they eventually arrived at calling them the Legion of Doom? Oh, no, I did not. This will make you pull your goddamn hair out, because it made me pull my hair out. Mm -hmm. uh, Citizen Steel, the resident historian of the team, just starts calling them the Legion. And it's like, why the Legion? Well, you know, after that cartoon, you know. And I'm like, you mean he's seen Super Friends? <laughs> and he's calling them that because he remembers Super Friends. To which someone in my comment section said, well, you know, he could be referencing any cartoon. No, he's referencing the Super Friends. That's weak. That's really weak. Fuck you, Legend. Yeah, no, I don't care for that. <laughs> that that made me so... I don't know why I keep watching Legends sometimes. Legends yeah. pisses me off, but like every so often they'll do something cool. Or I'll get a good rant topic like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, hey, you know, there's a team that won't be on this list. The Legends. No. no the, oh, yeah, the Legends of, uh, Legend of Tomorrow. No, that is not mm. a good team. I know Which it's I funny. like they keep saying, you know, don't call us heroes, we're legends. No, you're neither. Yeah, I will I, I will call you garbage and move on. You are the cast-offs is what you are. <laughs> the cast-offs. Um, it's hard to imagine, but, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy were a totally forgettable yeah. niche team that didn't even look like the movie team until long after they were Many years after the fact. Yeah, like, where's Major Victory? What, what, oh, that's all I can say about that, you know? Like, Major Victory, Yondu, people forget Yondu was on the original team. I mean, thankfully, they're gonna, I think they're gonna put him on this new team in the movie, they but look. like... So because gonna, why would you not want to put that actor in everything? No, it's true. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, Michael, uh, Michael Rooker's amazing, I would put him in everything if I could. The Rook is the man. Yeah. Um... But the Guardians were never a team that I was interested in because I wasn't really interested in in, in, cosm in Marvel cosmology. It's why I didn't really care about the Infinity Watch. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, a team that is made up of characters that I don't recognize or care about who are specifically there to prevent a book that I didn't really think was very good from happening again? Mm. 
to bring it back to X-Men there for a second, too. Yeah. Who, who could forget the Star Jammers, the <laughs> X-Men-affiliated Guardians? No, I'll take the I'll take the Star Jammers, because for me, that's just, like, the Star Jammers are just the dudes that Cyclops' dad hung out with when he was, like, palling around the galaxy. I dig that concept. I didn't like the team. I didn't worry them. Much like the Hellfire Club, I didn't think that a bunch of aristocratic, crappy villains all on one team going, yes, perhaps we'll defeat the X-Men today. Mm, how droll. Like, no. That does not appeal to me. See, I've always loved the Hellfire Club as a concept. When people are like, oh, well, if you had mutant powers, who would you join? You know, the X-Men or the Brotherhood? Neither, man. Hellfire Club. Because <laughs> they were all just into hedonism and using their powers for personal yes. gain, man. Perhaps I'll wear the strap on today. Exactly. buy a small <laughs> restaurant and try that out. Like, yeah, that was their villainy. <laughs> exactly. You get a ruffled collar. You get to go to all these secret society eyes wide shut parties. You get to drink your brandy and swirl it around. Who wouldn't? <laughs> want to do that well me because those guys are boring and stupid <laughs> although here's the thing like if you were sebastian shaw or you know like any of the other like emma named frost members of the, emma frost if you were any of the other named members of the hellfire club you're probably having a good time but yeah if you were just like one of the lower level guys in the hellfire club who'd be like oh no the x-men are attacking the mansion again yes Throw one of our little, little underlings at them. Throw one of our masked associates. All, like, those interchangeable Hydra-esque agents that we have. and throw... Basically bring out the gimp. Yeah, take out the putties and throw them at Wolverine. Oh no, Wolverine's killing us all again. Time to bid a hasty retreat into to the, the jet. To the Hamptons, tra-la-la-la-la. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Fuck the Hellfire Club, those 1% douche nozzles. <laughs> uh, I love them though. I, 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 but I don't know if I love them ironically. Is the thing. yeah? I, 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 I do. I only like making fun of them. I don't like reading about them. Whenever they were in like the X Men cartoon, I'm like, oh my god, the Inner Circle. Fuck you. They, they haven't been a threat in years either, have they? Don't and don't. That by the way, Marvel, don't then make them into one. Like, don't be like, that's right. And you know, people are really like into this whole political aspect of comics. Like, let's do that. Let's make a. Like a, a comic where the villains are the one percent, and they have superpowers, and they just want to preserve their money and position in 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 uh, in society. Like, no, I don't want to read. They're that. actually are, they're actually already kind of doing that in USA Avengers right now with the Golden Skull. Oh yeah, God. Yeah, Which, I read the here's first the thing. I, I actually really like the USA Avengers as a team. I think they're a really strong group of personalities. I think they're fun superhero-y stories, but I also don't think that book will make it. Oh, no. I read the first issue and was like, cool! Threw it away. <laughs> this ain't making it, though. I'm not I'm not going to get my heart broken in this. No. No, it's, it's right. I'm not going to I'm not going to sign a move on dot or change.org petition about saving the US Avengers. But but to say but to bring it back to what you were saying, the Golden Skull when you find out what his deal is, he's the ultimate evil 1% or capitalist from a future where everything was destroyed. So he comes back to this day and age cuz there's more things to steal. Oh my god. Okay. And he, kid and he kidnaps all the captains of industry, and he's like, no, they already have stolen everything, so I'll steal them, and then I'll control all the things they control. All right. <laughs> and his henchmen all dress up like pirates. Ah, uh, yes, they do. Awesome. I, I love the Golden Skull. I really do. God damn it. Um... He's so dumb, he's the best. <laughs> now, um, as far as teams today, obviously, like... I never thought I'd be into the Avengers, and yet, I've been reading the Avengers since 2000. Yeah. Or since 2001 or 2 or something like that. Whenever, whenever Bendis jumped on and killed them all and then made them characters I wanted to read about. Like, I literally, I went from Disassembled and I've been read. I had been reading Avengers. I remember the day I stopped. It was, um, uh, it was in the heroic age when they brought Vision back to life. And I went... Oh, you're doing it. You're bringing them all back and making them all boring again. Bye! <laughs> and damn was I right to quit then, because it got more and more messy and stupid. But uh, but I liked the Avengers for a time. And I liked the idea I... that the Avengers were a thing, and then they tr they keep transforming every like every generation. They do, especially now where you have like more choice in Avengers book than anything. You can read... The more classic, you know, Wade Avengers going on right now, which is all the characters you remember, but, you know, mostly their new version. So you got Sam and Jane, 
Also, Spider-Man. I know some people feel Spider-Man shouldn't be an Avenger. Where do you stand on that? He's so. been an Avenger for, what, 18 years? Like, at least. Or 15 years, at least. Like, he's been an Avenger for so long, it's fine. Spider-Man joined the Avengers uh, a couple times. He tried to do it in, like, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 3. Uh, he became an, a reservist in the 80s. He helped, like, mm-hmm. he was kicked off the team uh, when he didn't show up enough. You know, like, <laughs> he was... He's always been, um, like, whenever Captain America's, like, sends out the call, there's always Spider-Man in the background, like, webbed upside down, like, just paying attention, being like, what it's do you It's always the first answer. It's always the first to answer the call, and I, I, I think that's Avengers quality. Uh, I He's like... also funding the team now, which yeah, is Yeah, which, for as long as that lasts. Um, I really hate the direction of Spider-Man so far. I think that Spider-Man funding the team through his own organization or whatever is a great concept. I just don't think anyone is doing it right. But uh, but I I like Spider Man on the Avengers. I also but I don't like seeing him not be represented. You know, like yeah, uh, when uh, he's he needs to be established as indispensable. Otherwise, there's no point. Mm-hmm. It, it's like having Green Arrow on the Justice League. Like yeah. unless unless you have a writer who really likes Green Arrow and and proves how important he is, he's just Green Batman with fewer stuff with with fewer and- tools. And I love Green Arrow, and I agree. <laughs> right? Like, I love Green Arrow. I think he's a great character, and I think he's a, an essential member of the Justice League. But if you have a Justice League where Batman's on there and Green Arrow, you better have a fucking damn good reason to have Green Arrow on that team. And I feel it the same way about Spider-Man. keeps them honest, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll keep them honest. Like, no. Batman <laughs> oh, keeps them honest. We need you to join the team. We need you to keep us honest. Yeah, no, Batman <laughs> keeps them honest through fear. Uh, but yeah. I like the idea of Spider-Man being on the Avengers more than I have enjoyed the execution of Spider-Man on the Avengers. You got your Uncanny Avengers right now, which has gotten really good in the last couple arcs. I would say it's the best X-Men book right now nah. because it's all been focused on Deadpool, Rogue, Cable, and their battle against Red Skull that's to get a, Xavier's brain that's back. That's a great story. I'd like to see what happens with that. Yeah, that's really fun. Occupy Avengers, another book I really enjoy from a writer I really enjoy that I don't think is going to make it. It's Hawkeye trying to redeem himself for what happened between him and Hulk in Civil War II. Again, it's a more socially conscious, socially relevant book. You know, he's trying to help the little guy. He's trying to, you know, right wrongs that the other heroes can't be bothered writing. Right. And then USA Avengers, which is more more just kind of James Bond superhero silliness, and I like that too. What's that? I was going to say, in USA Avengers, oh. which is more like James Bondian superhero. You know, it looked like silliness. that. It looked very much like uh, like a James Bond villain-esque book. Weird. It is. It's, <laughs> I, I think now there's a real, there's a real like, smattering of Avengers book. Like, there's an Avengers book out there for every taste now, I would say. That's good. I mean, yeah, it's better than washing down Avengers and making it, like, like something for everybody to the point where it loses any taste or uh mm. you know specific goodness but uh but yeah uh are there any teams that don't get enough love that need to exist like some teams where it's like where are these teams and why aren't they getting any more uh, like attention exposure or or you know will I'm, hopefully I'm... come back I'm sure some people would say the Young Avengers, but I think we already have the champions, and I think the champions are doing what the Young Avengers set out to do, but better. I like the champions. I like the concept more than its recent execution, but I think that there is there is potential, if not hope. I don't think there's hope for the champions to succeed, but I don't think that... But I think that there's a lot of potential for the champions to succeed. Yeah. I, I, I'm digging it. I'm liking where it's going. Because like I said... I enjoyed the Young Avengers when I saw them and other things. Like, obviously, the new Hawkeye is probably the biggest success story from the Young Avengers, right? Is she even on the team yet? Uh, what, Champions? No. Yeah. No, because she has her own book now. She has oh, I'm sorry. Book. I thought you meant just, like, I thought you were talking about her being on the team. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool if Young, if young Hawkeye joined the Champions. But yes, uh, out of all the Young Avengers, I mean, like, I think they were pushing Wiccan the hardest, and I think... The, his biggest claim to fame is that he is in St- Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme. Right. Um, and only, like, an older version of him, so it's not even... It's not even real Wiccan. But, uh, oh. yeah, no, young... No, uh... Shit, what's her name? Her, uh... Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop Hawkeye is great. Like, and the only success <laughs> that, that that team Out of that whole seen. team. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, it's be- I think it's because Matt Fraction just wanted to talk about it. 
Yeah, and he did a damn good job. I'm actually really excited for the Generations book that's going to see her and Hawkeye come back together now after they've fallen so far apart and had so much shit happen to them. Yeah, man, that Generations thing, I I don't know what to expect or think. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah. Um, for me, I, I, it's funny, you mentioned the Champions. That was, for me, like the biggest potential, but it's just, I don't think it's going to last. Because I like the idea of the Champions being a... Being like a young Avengers, basically, where you can right. rotate out the cast and replace them with different people. Like, I would love to see Patriot join the young or the champions and, you know, maybe lead them at some point or another. Getting a new Patriot soon. I know, I know. But I liked the old Patriot. He was a good, yeah. he was a good character. Bonin had an interesting out. history. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, he, he comes from a place of continuity and legacy, which I like. That's always a good thing. Uh, oh, we've gotten this far and we haven't talked about the Thunderbolts or the Suicide Squad. Oh my god, yeah. Supervillain teams forced to do good by their governments. Man, that's the that's the first thing that Marvel and DC should do when they are able to cross over again is the Thunderbolts versus the Suicide Squad. That's a, that's a moneymaker right there. I love the moral gray area on that. I've always really enjoyed that thing where it's like, you know, you're bad, but we're going to force you to do good at gunpoint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you know it's funny I uh, I loved the concept more than I read it. Um, Thunderbolts when it when it came on the scene after Heroes Re- or Heroes Return I was like or Heroes whatever the fuck when they died uh, died and then became drawn by Rob Liefeld I was like and eh, now like they look really silly and hokey and then it turns out it was because it's villains dressing as superheroes like trying to pretend mm. I'm like oh that's awesome. Oh, that's a great that's a great surprise. I think who 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 drew who wrote that when it first started? I think it was Busick. But, yeah, I uh, want to agree. For, for me, it's all like the Osborne years were like the Thunderbolts that I really uh, yeah. found myself drawn to, and I think most people would agree. Oh, no question. That's yeah. Everybody remembers that version of the Thunderbolts the most, and uh, I dig it. But um, but for me, I always liked the concept of of the Thunderbolts more than I ever read it. Um, it, to, to bring it back to the Suicide Squad for a second there, it's funny, eventually by the end of Secret Six, we found out Waller was actually secretly running both teams and had them fight each other. Yeah, I think that's really cool. That's one of my favorite twists, and I think it was, oh god, I think it was like the new Lady Flag Smasher or someone, or <laughs> s- said to Waller, it's like, does your left hand even know what your right hand is doing? And she's like, that's a state secret. <laughs> that's fun. God, I love Waller. Waller's a fun character. Waller's a cool character. Actually, I would love to see, I guess, who technically runs the Thunderbolts nowadays? Mm, they're a rogue operation now with Bucky at the helm. Mm, although, the d- the developments with Bucky, who knows what's going to happen with him. That's true, I wonder. And it's funny, too, that Bucky essentially reassembled the old version of the team minus Zemo as, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Citizen V? Yeah, Citizen V. No, Citizen V, that codename is now over at uh, U.S. Avengers. Yes, that's now, DaCosta has taken that as his new codename, which you just know with Secret Empire and all these books crossing over, that's going to be a thing. Oh, no question. Yeah. I'm sure he'll fight Zemo, and Zemo will be like, hey, that was my name, asshole. We'll give that back. Yeah, what? You can't be Citizen V. (laughs) I came up with that. I worked nights. I I drew the concept art and everything. Yeah, you know how hard it was to make that costume work? I had one of those ridiculous masks. I had a cape. It was I had a sword. A cape made of a flag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um as far as as far as teams that are they're here now that like I that I look to for to the future, I feel okay. What's a team that's like you think that there's no way they won't bring it back even though it doesn't look like there's any way they could come back? I'll let you think about that for a minute, because I'm like, I think Next Wave is inevitable that you'll see Next Wave come back, but it's like, right. there's no writing on the wall, I just, this is just me prognosticating, that I think Next Wave will eventually be, be like, be brought back in some form or another. I, I mean, we know for a fact Defenders is coming back, it's just gonna be the team from the TV show now. Yeah, Defenders is basically just New Avengers, but with, uh, with the TV name, which is like, yeah, I'm down, I re- I'll read the shit out of that, I read the shit out of that ten years ago. <laughs> Yeah, oh, 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 the chat had a good one. Yeah, Heroes for Hire. Yeah, they'll definitely have to come back at some point. Even though we had Power Man and Iron Fist, and they were basically Heroes for Hire, but now they've split them into two different books, they'll definitely be coming back. Tiffany really has, like, is really hoping that one day they will do a Netflix series that stars Misty Knight, Colleen Wing, uh, and, uh, and Patsy Walker, and just do 
a Heroes for Hire series that's just starring... oh back oh back during the era when uh, when Misty ran the team yeah exactly but just do a sh- a, sh- a Netflix original show with those characters that they're not going to be using in any like in any place I mean Colleen and Misty were already the best parts of their respective shows no question so... yeah agreed. There you go. So you're bringing help, Patsy. Help, but put Claire in there, why not? Yeah, Claire, Patsy, uh, Misty, and Colleen. Boom, you got a show. Got a fuck of a team right there. Hell, we've seen Claire just recently in, uh, what is it, in the end of Sam Wilson number 20, which again, looking just like Rosario Dawson. And I'm like, man, you could put them together in a team right now and sell it as the new Daughters of the Dragon. Yeah, that's a book. Although it'd be hard to sell. Like it's It would be. That, well, you know, it's funny. Marvel doesn't give a shit about that anymore. They'll call their book whatever and then just make it. So you might as well just put it out like that. You know, you know what? I was actually a huge fan of while we're on the subject of Defenders, and because we kind of crapped on Cullen Bunn at the beginning of this for his X-Men. Cullen Bunn wrote a really hilarious, really underrated new reboot of the Defenders called the uh, Fearless Defenders. It was Valkyrie, Misty Knight, uh, Elsa Bloodstone. Right. And a few other people that I'm forgetting. I think he invented a couple new heroes. And it was goddamn hilarious. Oh, cool. And I loved it. And it was action-packed. And it was so good. And I, I remember I drew that one just out of nowhere. It's like, hey, Joel, talk about this. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. And I ended up being totally won over by it. <laughs> there's a there's a really early bit on where they go to, like, a test site for nuclear weapons. Mm. And someone has set up a bunch of, like, superhero whack standees. Okay. So they keep coming across, like, Captain America and Thor, but they're all in, like, their old costumes. Oh, cool. Uh, Danny Moonstone was on the team, too. Yes, that's right, weirdo. She was on the team. No way! She was really good. Good. <laughs> good for her. She gets to be in there. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. an awesome team. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I liked um, the kind of, like, reimagining of the classic Defenders. And when I say classic Defenders, I guess I mean, like, the team with Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, and the Hulk on it, where it was uh, Matt Fraction's run on the Defenders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Neat idea that just didn't survive. It just was, it was doomed to a 12-issue run. But uh, great concept, and sad it didn't work out, because it was just a cool idea. I like the idea of Doctor Strange being like, we need a team! I'm, uh, I'm glad to see so much love for Fearless Defenders in here, because, uh, what is it, uh, Ian Powell was saying, yeah, and then they did a whole episode where, or issue where the boyfriends of all those female heroes teamed up, and they're like, hey, where are our girlfriends at? And they had to, like, go find them. <laughs> but it was hilarious, because I think it was like Danny had, like, three boyfriends. It was like, I thought she was with me. I thought she was with oh, me. Well, she was with me before. <laughs> that's fun. I like that. That was a really funny issue. Oh, and uh, Doctor Strange's uh, wife, Clea, she was on the team, too, so Strange was there as well. Oh, that's cool. Okay, cool. I'm going to check that out. It's like, hey, what happened to the woman I've been with for, I guess, a while? (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, we've been off doing hero stuff, you dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what have you been up to, you jerk? The same thing. We we didn't have a book or a movie at this time, so nothing. (laughs) Oh, that's sad. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, some of our favorite teams are not everybody's, but there's always, like, I think that if you have strong writing and, of course, dynamic art behind your, te- behind your team, you could make a team out of anything and make it successful. It's true. Um, I know. I mean, I mean, in our previous uh, DC episode where we talk about running DC Comics, most of the pitches are for teams. And, uh, and I think just people... characters we want to see again who we feel couldn't hold up their own thing. Oh, Mr. Pink had a good one, too. The Illuminati. The Illuminati, I don't really even consider a team. Because while they did work together, it was more like... They're, they're a team in the same way that, like, a committee that, like, makes decisions is a team. Like, I mean, I guess they're a team. I don't... There's no love or camaraderie there, that's No, for sure. it's all business. And when they try to, like, hang out and talk to each other, they realize just how disparate and different they all are from each other. Mm. Which uh, which is fine. I mean, it's a cool idea. There's one issue in the Bendis one where he, uh, where they they talk about their girlfriends and wives. Aww. And that's kind of neat. It's a fun, it's a fun little uh, little back and forth. Uh, you get to see like Black Bolt just. This is his his impression of his his uh, his verbalization of his marriage to Medusa is him putting a gun in his mouth and pulling the trigger. <laughs> oh wow, dude. Uh. Yeah, counseling, and it's a and it's a flashback issue too. So it's just them talking about it like during their period. It's Doctor Strange shows up to the meeting and he's pissed, and everyone's like, "What's the matter?" And he's like, "Kalia left me to join the to go rule the dark dimension," and like I think oh, only Reed up. knows who Kalia is. The rest of them are like, "You were with somebody," and he was like, "I'm so sorry." Like, what is the dark? Like, what is the dark dimension? And Doctor Strange is like, "It's exactly what it sounds like." <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a dark place that sucks. She left me to be a like a bad guy. And everyone's like, I'm sorry, Steve. And then they're like, and Reed's like, well, I'm doing quite well. I have a beautiful, invisible wife who shows up only when I want her to. And, God, my um, children. Yeah, and, uh, and Namor's amazing because he basically says something like, uh, like, your wife is going to leave you because you keep her locked in a tower. And that's why she thinks I'm so hot, you tool. If you weren't <laughs> also, such a, I am. Yeah, if you weren't such a douche, your wife wouldn't think, wouldn't look at me twice. And you're like, that's cool. Also, look, look at the abs of Namor for a second. <laughs> yes. Also, check me out in my in my glory. This is a swimmer's body, Richards. <laughs> I am shredded. <laughs> Namor is shredded. And as the chat keeps yelling at me, yes, the Psycho Rangers were a cool villain team. Yes, the Psycho Rangers. Moving on. Great, great designs. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I want to see more team books, but at the same time, it's 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 a tough sell for me. I have to be sure that they're going to be something to to read. I want to be sure that they're going to be worth reading. Is my is my problem? And for the most part, like when I decide to stop or or to not pick up a book, and then like two issues later, it's dead, or or you he, or you hear the buzz and it just sucks. It's like, damn yeah. it! I want to be unjustified in my feeling that way, but apparently it's not uh, not far off. Perfect example of that. Look at Justice League right now. None of us are reading Justice League right it's now. It's a terrible it book. It's just not a good book. And it's like, that's inexcusable that Justice League sucks. It's a flagship. Because, like, you know, that's the thing about all these team books. They have ups and downs. They have good eras and bad eras. Yeah. And I get why people think Justice League sucks when Bloodwind and Green and, and Guy Gardner with Sinestro's ring sucks. But, like, it's a team Batman. It's the, it's the whole trilogy. Like, it's it's everybody... And yet, it's just gar- it's still not good. Well, and it's the, the the problem is you just don't get you just don't have a strong writer on the book. Got no reason to care. Yeah, there the stakes are who cares, and the characters are whatever. Like it's just not, and that's the thing. Strong characters make a great team. At the end of the day, yeah. and but you have to also be uh be able to balance them. You know, like that's why Wolverine is like kind of like the front and center for like this weird stupid era of X-Men because like writers didn't know what to do and they're like we'll just put Wolverine in front of everybody speaking of Wolverine is Weapon X a team would you consider that a team it is now I I like now it is I kind of always figured that really awesome uh like Black Ops X-Force team was basically Weapon X yeah um so that's a good team that's a good team good costumes yeah it will become a team uh but I don't think it should be you know like the concept of Weapon X is like it's a no, that's like the name of the program you were all ruined in. Not necessarily yeah, like when you start wearing that on your jackets. Yeah, like, and of course it's like, well, it's an X, it's Xavier, blah blah blah. Like, no, that's appropriating the the soup, the, the the bad name, and then turning it into something good, which I guess you could do. I was gonna say, then like you think of stuff too. It's like, well, then you have the Tuskegee Airmen and the Tuskegee Experiment. So it's like, well, that was the name of the team and the name of the horrifying experiment at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, uh, that does. Yeah, technically, we, we there is a precedent for it. But uh, you know, meh. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm. Yeah, I don't know if it's a team. I mean, it is a team by virtue of the fact that it's a group of people brought together to accomplish a goal. But. Uh, I don't know how long it'll last, I'll put it that way. And will they refer themselves as like, hey, we're the Weapon X. Yeah, what are we, just a couple of Weapon X? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're just a Suicide Squad. Yeah, we're just a Suicide Squad. That's what, that's what we are, huh? We're just some kind of Weapon X? Yeah. <laughs> Alpha Flight, the chat was mentioning Alpha Flight a bunch, too. Yep, they exist. Can't forget that. Thanks for watching. <laughs> and on that note, we end the show on Alpha Let's, Flight. Yeah, good call, chat. Way to bring up Alpha Flight at the last minute. Alpha Flight existed. Puck. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll it's, see you guys It's next interesting week. to see that Alpha Flight has been folded into the Captain Marvel stuff now, and now you see them, but only when Carol is around. Yeah, yeah. Somebody likes them. Somebody over there writing about them. Hey, good, good, good to see my fellow Canadians getting some work. Yeah. Getting paid that sweet, sweet American money. Right? <laughs> Because you know they're like, yes, but we get paid in American, right? Oh, yeah, and then we exchange. <laughs> Damn right. But, uh, hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with us and watching us chat about our favorite teams and least favorite teams, I guess, was also another thing we mentioned. This but, could uh, easily have kept going. We could have split this into heroes and villain teams so easily. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yet, as as is tradition with this show, we just, we'll just do it next time. Yep. But uh, we'll see you guys next time. Joel, what's happening on Cape Joel? Everybody can enjoy to, uh, and, and watch. 
coming up? Uh, well, if you head on over to my channel right now, Matt and I just had the 50th episode of the Comic Multiverse. We did our spoiler cast of the Power Rangers movie because, strangely, Australian Matt and me ended up seeing the movie on the same day, which almost never happens. Nice. But thankfully, I won a radio contest when I was out in Victoria, so I got to see the movie early, which was nice. Yeah. First time I've ever done that, actually. What, seeing a movie at a premiere? Yeah. <coughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah it was. Nice. Which, it's so weird that it was this one. I'm like, really, it's this one? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you, that's, that's, that is, that is fate. That is kismet, my friend. That is. That happened. That happened. That was the thing I was there for. And it was so funny to, like, have me be a fan there and see all the normies who were just there for the premiere. Yeah. <laughs> and when a big and when a big cameo happens in the movie, and I was like, "Hey!" and no one else knew, that was a pretty good moment. That was a pretty good feeling, right? <laughs> I'm like, "You normies!" <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you can see that. That's fun. I'll have reviews coming out for the rest of the week for Sweet. all the new comics that came out. It was a small week, but you know, still doesn't doesn't stop the channel from rocking. No, it's true. Uh, so over here on Comic Pop, you can check out uh, our discussion of The Unworthy Thor number 5, our bonus episode of Elseworlds, where I chat with Brad Geiger about not-safe-for-work comic books, or comic strips, I should say. Um, <laughs> and, of course, our upcoming episode of Back Issues, where we talk about Superman speeding bullets from Elseworlds. The only fitting I should mention it on Elseworlds that we're doing an Elseworlds book. But uh, come check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's a great episode. And uh, we also rolled out new covers for Back Issues, to try and widen our reach, because some people just wouldn't click at the thumbnail because they see three randos and like the name of a book. So we're trying it out. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily permanent, but we're just rolling it out to see if it casts a wider net. If it works, you'll you know you can get used to it. But I am still taking those like those poster images of the t of the gang on the couch with the with the title for posterity. So if an you know, when we go over to like when we hit four hundred thousand subscribers or five hundred, when we hit our when we hit our million subs, I'll change the covers back. <laughs> there you go. So what you got to do online, man? You got to experiment. Of course, people have been looking at my channel. I've been changing stuff up too. Yeah, exactly. No, and it's just it's the nature of the beast. You got to keep changing to make things uh, makes things fluid and bring up uh, or to grow your audience. YouTube is a cruel mistress. It is. You got to try new things. You just got to keep keep evolving, evolve or die, as they yeah. say. But uh, thanks a lot for hanging out and checking this out, and we'll see you guys next time with another episode. I am Sal. I'm Joel. So long. <laughs>